What's remarkable about this poem, Eliot himself once referred to as just a piece of rhythmical grumbling, is that it has become the touchstone of modern poetry, a meme of the lost generation, and one of the best-known but least fully understood literary publications of all time. Even the copious footnotes and translations Eliot later provided only added to its mystique and still drives academics and the general public wild. I'm delighted at this opportunity, however, to talk about The Wasteland with Barry McCallion, an artist whose work often combines literary texts with visual expression. Welcome, Barry. Thank you. Thank you. Before we begin, however, I'd like to play for our audience 11 of the opening lines of the 434-line poem, a section called The Burial of the Dead. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Winter kept us warm, covering earth in forgetful snow, feeding a little life with dried tubers. Summer surprised us, coming over the Starnbergersee with a shower of rain. We stopped in the colonnade and went on in sunlight into the Hofgarten and drank coffee and talked for an hour. So, Barry, how would you explain this incredible phenomenon that a work many have heard about, few have read, and few have read all the way through or understand, got to be so famous? Mm, large question. Uh, we have to wait until the sound of uh, feet running for the exits uh, <laughs> calms down a bit. Right. Uh, Poor Elliot. In a sense, he's making a, a wonderful job of creating a dirge. However, uh, he's making a wonderful job of it because the name of the poem is The Wasteland, and you wouldn't expect him to be tap dancing toward his audience. Indeed, uh, but does the wasteland reflect a particular wasteland that he was reacting to in 1921? You bet. Europe was devastated by the First World War. We had 40 million killed between uh, soldiers and civilians. The Spanish flu came in as a coup de grace afterwards and uh, killed off another 20 million people. Preposterous numbers. So what he was looking at was a world turned upside down. I mentioned earlier that the poem is 434 lines. It was originally even longer, maybe a third more, cut by Eliot's friend and great admirer, Ezra Pound. So we're still back to my original question. Ezra Pound loved it. T.S. Eliot obviously was pleased. And a lot of other academics and intellectuals responded to it favorably. But it is difficult. It is dense. And I'd like you to tell the audience why? And then let's go back to that challenge. How come something so unintelligible, so hard to understand, becomes so famous? No, I love it that you actually think that I might be able to answer a question like that. I don't think Elliot could have answered it. I, it it's it's a, li a little bit tricky. Uh, in the most peculiar way, I think it would have been inconsistent with the nature of the poem if Eliot had given us a clear direction. 
line after line, clear exposition. And what he's done instead is to create literarily or stylistically the kind of confusion and jumble that, in fact, uh, is permeating the culture of the time. Good uh, use of the word jumble, because in addition to all the opaque and arch references that many people will not understand from history, from philosophy, from scripture, he also uses some pretty low-down words. He does. He does because you have a cross-section of uh, the culture of the population uh, involved. This is like a crowded room of voices and Many times they're all they're talking at once, or they're intercutting around each other as if it's just an open mic in a crowded space. Uh, we perhaps don't remember that in 1948, uh, Eliot got the Nobel Prize for Literature, and he got it for poetry. This is what the committee said. He is given the prize for his outstanding pioneer contribution to present-day poetry, even though he's also revered as a critic, a playwright, uh, a lecturer. So what do you think was outstanding, pioneering, experimental about what this poem did that really, as many people say, started modern poetry? We're looking at something that, uh, as you said, is, is so difficult uh, inaccessible to the normal reader, to me, uh, for sure. And yet, something tells me that what he's done uh, stylistically, that the form that he's created and the form that he uses to express this catastrophe of a culture is consistent with the function of, uh, of the poem itself so that the style and the content are a single unit. It doesn't clarify anything, but there's a, a kind of brilliant consistency to it. Indeed, and people memorize lines. They don't even know what the context sure, is. Why and, not? and some of them are wild. Can you think of any particular ones that kind of stand out for you? Uh, another one of those put me on the spot questions. So, of course <laughs> not. Uh, Except the first lines that we've mm-hmm. heard, as your listeners have heard. It's, it's dreadful and it's underground and the, uh, the entire landscape is devoid of, of life. There's nothing to revitalize the culture. So to say April's the cruelest month breeding uh, is devastating. Even though we're talking about a poem that has a 100-year publishing history, there's something timely about Eliot. Letters that he wrote to someone he had been courting, in a way, for many years, have just been made available. And in these letters, his biases, his prejudices, his cruelties are very clearly revealed. Today, uh, probably among the best-selling genres are biographies. Everyone wants to know the fatal flaws in everyone, particularly in writers such as Joyce, who are writers we associate with great humanity. And there is humanity in the wasteland. There's a terrific care, as you pointed out, of all kinds of people. And yet, 
These letters particularly reinforce the anti-Semitism and the cruelty, perhaps, to women that uh, were attributed to him, probably by ex-wives and (laughs) ex-lovers. But Picasso, too, it's not just peculiar to poetry, but all the arts. Do we need any biographical information to appreciate a great work of art? Biographical information, I don't think so. Uh, unless, unless the prejudices invade and infect the work of art itself. Ed Reinhardt, an American painter, notably said, art is art and everything else is everything else, which is someplace you can hang your hat, at least. But to, to undercut or to begin to judge the uh, a work of art on the basis of uh, somebody's foibles i think is unfair and on that note i want to conclude by asking you a really loaded question thank goodness (laughs) Uh, given the country's diverse demographic downward trending reading and literary skills and politically charged atmosphere surrounding curricula is there any hope that the wasteland already unintelligible can make it through education and be appreciated by new generations for all the reasons that you just described present circumstances i think it's a perfect poem to be interpreted by a good teacher. Ah, good uh, teacher. <laughs> good, te- good teacher qualification. That'll, right. that'll save me. We've had 100 years of slaughter since World War I, since uh, 1914. And I think that it's the same picture uh, currently, perhaps not by degree, but uh, in kind as, uh, as we have now. Again, with the proper interpretation, Uh, that the world is in crisis and something should be done about it, which is what the foundation of the the wasteland is. Uh, Certainly that and books like What They Carried, which is a a novel about the Vietnamese War, should remain in the curriculum for sure. The last words of the wasteland are Shanti, 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 which Eliot translates, he says loosely, as peace that passeth understanding. Let us hope that this poem, which for many people passeth understanding, keeps another 100 years its presence felt for the very humane and civilized reasons you gave. Here, here. Thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks.